Time now for sports on 104.7 The Cave. Here's Ned Reynolds. Mike, the intern, Ned Reynolds, back in the studio. We've actually got a mathematician in here with us today because things are getting awfully confusing when it comes to the playoff picture. Uh, Whether you're a Chiefs fan or a fan of any other team, there are so many different variables right now. I've seen just a ton of different things. We could... You know, possibly play the Chargers, could play the Raiders, could play the Colts. Who knows what the hell's going to happen, Ned? That part of it, yeah, that's a little mysterious at the moment. And the media really makes a big deal oh, out it's, of it. It's if and huge. what oh, and man. all. But, but if this ha- hey, who cares? It's going to all work out. The Chiefs will be in the playoffs. Problem is, will they be at home for the playoffs? Well, they will for the first game and maybe two games. But do they have home field advantage throughout? Well, maybe and maybe not. The maybe not would have to be if they if they end in a tie with the Tennessee Titans, the Chiefs lose because they lose the tiebreaker. So what the Chiefs have to do to maintain or to gain home field advantage throughout the playoffs is beat Denver and have t- Tennessee lose to Houston. Which probably, I would, I would. probably not going to happen. Of course, you never say never. Uh, the Chiefs are a nine-and-a-half-point favorite. Tennessee is a a ten-and-a-half-point favorite. The Texans have not been very good, but they are playing at home. Game's in Houston. So uh, we'll we'll see what happens. But over and above all that, the Chiefs are in the playoffs. Yeah, who they're going to play remains to be seen at the moment. But, hey, they're in, and that's what counts. And if you haven't heard uh, by now, the game has been flexed till Saturday, which this whole 18th week of the season is kind of weird because whenever all the games were happening this past weekend – the none of the none of the network pundits could say, well, this is who you're going to see next week. It just basically said, here are all the times when games happen. We don't know where that's going to be yet, but we'll let you know. Well, case in point, Mike, is they didn't change the Chiefs game until after Sunday night. I game. know it wasn't until Monday. And you know where this old man was after Sunday night? Me game? too. Zonked out. Yeah, <laughs> I know. That's why after when when uh, we were talking yesterday, I started doing all my stuff for this week, and I go, oh, they moved it. All right, everything's got to change now. But Which that's means part of it. Our broadcast here, Ned Talk, will start at 1 o'clock on Saturday afternoon. The game kicks off somewhere around 3.30, probably just about then, as a matter of fact. So the Chiefs Network pregame show will start at 2 and uh, continue on probably for a little bit longer than it normally does. But here... Our pregame begins at 1 and carries right on through till the end of the game. And then we've got one more regular season Kingdom show on Monday, and then we will know the fate of the Chiefs after this weekend and who they're playing and all that good stuff. But like Ned said, don't freak out. It'll all work out. Always does. Always does. Now, uh, we had a couple weird injuries on Sunday, obviously, during warm-ups going into the game. Orlando Brown Jr. tweaked his ankle. He was out. We also lost Lucas Niang, which caused a little bit of shuffling in the front guys on the offense. What's his status well, right Niang's now? Well, Niang's is far more serious yeah. than Orlando Brown. Browns is just one of those little muscle tweaks that you sometimes get. A guy that big, he's going to get them. That'll happen. Same thing with Chris Jones a couple of years ago. He had, what, a groin pull of some sort that ne- he never got over. Uh, it lasted all season. It did. In this case of Niang, though, his is apparently a torn patellar tendon. And uh, if that finally does turn out to be the case, the suspicion is that it is, that's what it is, uh, then he's out for the season. Uh, probably out for the season anyway, regardless, because that's a significant knee injury, tear or not. 
you don't get over that in just a real short time. So losing Niang means they lose a little bit of their depth on the offensive line, but over and above that, the Chiefs still continue to play pretty well, and they do have some of those big horses up front, and that does help. I'll tell you, the protection that Mahomes gets and the way the Chiefs have their whole pass structure formulated is really very good. They form a terrific pocket, and that allows Mahomes the chance to escape from that pocket. And invariably, the defense is not there. They've circled, so to speak, circled the wagons, and uh, they haven't been able to penetrate it at all. And they did, and I think uh, the what you say about depth that really showed itself against Cincinnati because he got some good protection, and you had guys that were like Tooney, for example, playing tackle. That's the like first time he played it since he was in college. I think he said he may have played tackle one series in the pros since college. So that just tells you what they've got up front, and hopefully they can hold it together because the postseason is where you need that depth. Yeah, and and uh, the casual fan will say, what's the difference? Well, there is a difference oh, yeah. because your blocking schemes are all, of course, in Tooney's case, he's an old pro. New England Patriots, he got the schemes all down and he has picked up on the Chiefs schemes very well. He's a good player. He can make a quick adjustment like that. There are others who cannot. So having an old pro like Tooney in there really does help. It definitely helps. But again, if you've ever, if you played offensive line, you know that the dance between those guys is crucial. Not only what you're doing, but what you're doing in relation to the guy to the left and to the right of you is a big, big deal. But again, Creed Humphrey should have been in the Pro Bowl. I'm just going to throw that out there. Uh, last night we had our uh, final, was this last night's the final Monday night game of the season? I don't believe they have one next yeah, week. Yeah, I don't no. think they do either. So I guess that's that's that. Um and, uh, you know, that AFC North picture was crazy until, obviously, the Chiefs lost to the Bengals. So that uh, that solidified it for Cincinnati. So um, the Browns and uh, Steelers really battling it out. But, man, you look at how Cleveland started the season with the Chiefs, the first game at Arrowhead, and they, they, they're beating the Chiefs down. Obviously, we come back in the end and we win. But they gave us a run for our money big time. Now you look at him at the end of the season. I just I'm like shaking my head, going, "Is this is this a Baker Mayfield situation?" No, not in my opinion. I think more than anything else, it's a team structure uh, type of circumstance because you know you had Odell Beckham on the team and he's created a disruption going now, but you had injuries to key players uh, who were out for some time, and the Browns are not yet at a full championship depth. Now they may maybe as a starting unit. But in pro football, that starting unit's not going to be around for 17 games, gang. That's the, this, is a, this is a tough marathon mm-hmm. that they're running. So when, once they build, and they will build through the, uh, through the draft, it's not Mayfield. I think Mayfield's a pretty good quarterback, but he doesn't have a whole lot of protection. No, the offensive he got line is alive weak. last night. Here's Pittsburgh, and Pittsburgh's just a Midland team. We saw how bad they were when they played the Chiefs. They didn't even show up. And Roethlisberger, who probably played his last game with the Steelers, you can't definitively say that, but more than likely took a victory lap around the field. He only threw for 123 yards last night. He was 26 of 48, I think it was. And that's very pedestrian. The guy, again, he runs into a circumstance that Mayfield has. The offensive line is not all that good. Now, Najee Harris, who is a really, really good running back, in my opinion, 188 yards on the ground. Cleveland had set their defense stopping Roethlisberger, and then this guy runs through them. 26-14 was the final. The Pittsburgh Steelers win it, and that's fitting that Roethlisberger should win what is more than likely his final game. Yeah, he. I, I can't see how he's going to go beyond this. You think he comes back as a coach? You think he's done? 
I think he probably goes to the TV. Yeah, you think he's going to be a pundit? If, if, in fact, some team doesn't say, hey, here's uh, $8 million, fill in for us for one year. No, I, I, well, hey, Mike, crazier things have happened. Don't underestimate the ego of yeah, these guys. Yeah, you're absolutely right. <laughs> you might not know this, but Ned actually has some spies in uh, Major League Baseball on the <laughs> network working, and, and, and every day he gets a report about what's going down between the players and the owners. What what have the spies texted you lately? Spies have told me that nothing is happening. Ah, those spies aren't earning anything. Don't pay them this week. Well, although I I have to <laughs> I have to think that there's some disagreement here. There was a move made by Major League Baseball last night that really puzzles the daylights out of me until you look at it. Ken Rosenthal, who I think is a great reporter, a little bit on the flamboyant side, has the bow tie, but has great knowledge of baseball, has broken a lot of big stories and so forth, has irritated Major League Baseball on a number of occasions with his comments. He got canned last night by Major League Baseball. Now, that doesn't mean he's canned from business. He'll still continue to do some things for Fox and maybe podcasts and things like that. But the MLB television network, which is run by Major League Baseball, run by the commissioner, Mr. Manfred, who was a target of Mr. Rosenthal's on many occasions, uh, made the de- uh, decree, you're out of here, buddy. So, uh, And he, he tweeted, he said, hey, it's the way things go. So that tells me a little bit that Major League Baseball is quite irritated a little bit with members of the media who are telling the story the way it should be told. They're not picking who's at fault in all this disagreement, but they are perhaps hinting that one side needs to give a little bit And the owners are the ones who run Major League Baseball. It's not the players. Players are there. They're getting their money. But the owners are the ones who form the decrees. They say, we don't like this guy's comments. Get him out of there. And I think that's what they did. Wow, man. Well, money talks, and we see it time and time again. So, unfortunate for him, where do you think he's going to land? Oh, he'll he'll land somewhere. I believe he is already under contract with Fox. I think he's there. But they don't do all that many games. They do some, but not all that many. So his TV platform is probably compromised at the moment. But he'll be back. The guy was a pretty doggone good reporter. And uh, I thought did a heck of a job in actually laying out details of what they should be. Not, not slanting them in any way, but formulating a subject matter that he thought that we should know. And I agree. Well, um, if, uh, if, if he's... He'll find a way back in, and hopefully he can keep talking about what the hell's going on, and hopefully we get some good news, because that's not great news. Uh, speaking of which, uh, the transfer portal, first of all, is a very interesting thing in college football, and the latest is Oklahoma's QB, their freshman QB, just entered the portal. Where is he going to end up? Well, that's a very good question. It's Caleb Williams, who decided he wanted to go into the portal, and he said, wait a minute, what is this? Well, <laughs> He said, I could come back. He said, I'm leaving that option open. I could come back to Oklahoma. But I want to check the portal because when I came to college, it was with the understanding that I'm going to be with a program that gets me set up for pro football. And I just want to explore. This is, I'm paraphrasing him now. just want to explore some of the other opportunities. That sounds fine on the surface. But what other opportunities? You had Kyler Murray, you had Baker Mayfield, you had Jalen Hurts. These guys are all pro quarterbacks, and you want to go maybe someplace else to get better? I don't think so, buddy. 
Anyway, we'll see what he does, uh, but I I would be very surprised if he does return to Oklahoma. Oklahoma has a new coach now. Brent Venables will be taking over as head coach. The old coach Lincoln Riley is at Southern Cal, mm-hmm. and it could be that Mr. Riley is saying, hey, Caleb, I'm not coming on out here. You see that a lot in college football, players following coaches. The guy who Williams replaced, Spencer Rattler, is, of course, he's out at Oklahoma now. He's gone, but he didn't go to Southern Cal. He went to the other SC, South Carolina. <laughs> so he's on, he's on the opposite coast at the moment. Hey, it, it's all intriguing to see what happens, but that's what the portal, the transfer portal can do. It can make guys available. Well, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out because, like I said, he, he might just be wanting to follow his coach, but can't blame a guy for looking at his future. But, yeah, at the same time, again, go back to uh, some of the pedigree Oklahoma's got yeah, as far as quarterbacks go. Better, better place. <laughs> My God, look what they produced. In the last 10 years. I mean, come on. I, I, I don't see a – there are obviously a better programs out there than Oklahoma, but as far as coaching quarterbacks, maybe he just wants to follow the coach, not the program. <laughs> Who knows? Uh, we do have a bowl game tonight, and it means a hell of a lot to me because I love the K-State Wildcats going against the LSU Tigers. And they are a slight underdog to the Bayou Bengals from LSU, but I think that probably has to do more with the programs, the overall leagues, than they are. Kansas State has a nice football team. They can play the game LSU is down a little bit from what LSU has been in the past, but they're still pretty good. Their head coach, Ed Orgeron, at the end of the season said, hey, I'm not returning, guys. You go to the bowl game. You have a fun time. I'm going to be at Gulf Shores. (laughs) (laughs) In flip-flops with a drink in my hand. Orgeron is a funny guy. He really is. Uh, But over and above that, they'll have an interim coach in there, somebody who – now, this is where Notre Dame's coach is going, of course, Mm -hmm. Uh, Kelly, Ryan Kelly, but he's not coaching this game. He'll observe this game. Over and above all of that, LSU is a slight favorite. Game is in Houston tonight. It's the Texas Bowl, and this is the final bowl. And you say, wait a minute. Had all the bowl games over the weekend, and you had this one on Tuesday? Why Tuesday? (laughs) Because – the networks needed one more game. They weren't going to put it on a Monday night. Uh-uh, no way that's going to happen. So they put it on a Tuesday night and said this will be a, a, a fitting wrap-up to the season. And, in fact, it should be a pretty good game. It should be a really good game as long as K-State shows up. That's my biggest issue with them is consistency, especially this season. They, sometimes they just look so good, and then sometimes they didn't show up. And hopefully they show up tonight in Houston. Well, I think they will. I think they'll. I think you'll see a good representation of what K State has, and should be a pretty good football game. Well, I'm looking forward to it. And hey, we get football on a Tuesday night. I'm not complaining, Ned. <laughs> you have a good Tuesday yourself, sir. I'll see you tomorrow.